hello there. It's another day. I'm Jim Harrington. And I am Bill Knight. Well, lots, lots went on yesterday. Yeah. And uh, I don't know where we uh, we sliced this cake, but it's a pretty big cake that we're going to cut into today. Well, um, the E. Jean Carroll case came down with the strangest verdict uh, I've seen in a, in a long time. Well, I think the good take out of it is he's not guilty of rape. You know, she brought the rape charges up before, not guilty of it. Do you and realize she does it again? Do you realize he? I didn't know this, Bill, but she has gone after twelve other people with similar charges. This E. Jean Carroll. I didn't. Oh, realize, I didn't know that. I didn't know that until this morning. I was listening to a, a talk show in Boston, and the host said that. This isn't the first time she, he's, she's done this, and apparently the judge wouldn't allow that to be brought up in, in the... Uh, but he allowed other stuff, didn't he? He sure did. Yep, he sure did. Yeah. Anyway, uh, if you missed it, I don't know where you've been, but uh, apparently uh, the judge said that he's not guilty of rape. Not guilty. President Trump didn't rape E. Jean Carroll. However, they're saying that Trump sexually abused E. Jean Carroll and has ordered him to pay $5 million in damages, okay? So it's kind of like a hush money, okay? You know, you didn't rape her, but you're liable for sexual abuse. You touched her, you know, and all of a sudden, so that's worth $5 million. It's kind of like hush money, right? Yeah, and they also say that it's uh, he defamed her. Now, think so about yeah, this. because he said Wait, she's not. Okay, think, go ahead. think about this. She has never been heard of by anybody until this case. And she's e. got a book Carroll. out right now. Yeah. Who needs that? That being said, who got defamed in this case? E. Jean Carroll or the former president of the United States of America? Well, I would say Donald Trump because, you know, he was hel- uh, she was helped by, you know, a judge that uh, had blinders on that uh, kind of looked to the left all the time. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, okay, the hush money. You know, the, the Democrats make a big thing. Well, Stormy Daniels, which, you know, again, is a lady that's been th- tossed out in her bum with her, her allegations all the time. She's mm-hmm. never won it, but she goes, this and that. And then finally, Trump said enough, you know. Now, maybe he was ordered to do it. Maybe he wasn't. But he gave her hush money. Go away. Right. Now, isn't this verdict, you know, handed down by a handpicked left jury and this judge who wouldn't allow things in for that would help Trump mm-hmm. into the trial, isn't this basically a court-ordered payoff? So what's the diff here, folks? Now, and see, in a woman's mind, they're going, that's not a win. That's not a win at all. You see, the thing is, they're hoping that the damage has been done from this verdict, that even if he appeals, and by the way, President Trump says he will appeal. I have a cut from him in a second. But um, he's already said he's going to appeal this decision. I think the thought was, okay, we can't get him on a rape charge. This just isn't enough there. It, it would be, be too obvious. But we'll get him on this sexual abuse charge and also uh, defamation. Those are hard to not prove, okay? So we'll get him on something. And even if he appeals the case, we can drag this out well into the election period and uh, people will, they'll be turned off by Trump. Uh, I was also listening this morning as this same host in Boston said he thinks 
this is going to backfire on the Democrats because the people on the right, the good Americans out there who are actually paying attention are going to realize, wait, this is just a witch hunt. All this well, is it just is. A, witch, a witch hunt. So It is a witch hunt, but I do believe that there's enough bad Americans. And when I say bad Americans, um, uh, bad probably isn't the word. There's bad players out there. But the mm. word is they're lackadaisical. They they don't lazy. pay attention. Lazy, lazy, yeah. yeah they they're too busy watching uh, their games and not paying attention to what's happening to their world. <clears throat> yeah. Well, you know what? Uh, that that's true. And then you know, you, like I went to the doctor's office yesterday. So what's on the stupid TV? Every time I go into a doctor's office for whatever reason, mm-hmm. it seems they all got the view on, and I'm like uh, going, I, you know, when did Whoopi? You know, become the sayer of all truth oh. in politics. Oh man, I know, I know. It, but you the, know, truly one of the dumbest television programs ever created by mankind ever. The view no, it was created by Barbara Walters, but yeah, uh, I know that's true. That's a good point. But it, even when she created it, it was much more interesting. Yeah, it, it was. Now. Yeah, I, I, I think either, you know, Barbara. I, I'm, I'm, no, she was liberal. But the point is, at least she tried to maintain you know, some standards. Yes. Yeah, stay to the center of the road because you know you go one way or the other, then you're a lefty or a righty. You know, and she knew that. No, 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 no. You, you got to stay close to the center on this. Well, uh, he's going to appeal it. I want to play for you a cut that uh, will remind you of the type of person that we're dealing with here. E. Jean Carroll, when she was talking with Anderson Cooper, listen. You don't feel like a victim. I was not thrown on the ground and ravished, which the word rape carries so many sexual connotations. This was not, this was not sexual. It just, it, it hurt. It just, what, it just, you know. Well, I think most people think of rape as a, I mean, it is a violent assault. It is not I think sexual. most people think of rape as being sexy. Mm. Let's take a short break. Think of the fantasies. Mm. We're just going to take a quick break. If you can stick around, we'll talk more on the other side. You're fascinating to talk to. (laughs) Anderson Cooper couldn't get to a commercial break fast enough. As a matter of fact, I think they made that commercial break up because I think Cooper realized, oh, man, this this lady is, she's nuts. I mean, she says to him at the very end, did you hear the very end of it? She kind of flirts with Anderson Cooper. She was sexually coming on. You know, there are people... There are people that are predators in their own way, and now I'm 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 there was rape involved. It was rape by her to get her sexual mental rocks off, and that's the game, the hunt of doing that. And she wants to see how far she can play it, and she's playing men. And look at her book. Who needs men? No, 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 no. All of this needs to be brought out, and she needs to be proven. As a female sexual predator, and I guarantee that if you if you found that out on her, now I hate to say this, ladies, but there are a lot of women that are just like men that rape, and but they play the game differently. And she's playing a game, and Anderson, you know, I'll give him credit. He kind of realized it there, so I got to get the hell out of this interview. <laughs> Yeah, my question and he, is, no, he's no. he's not a typical guy. I mean, when he they, doesn't he, he doesn't dance on the same side of the fence that you and I do. You know, when they appeal, <laughs> I like the way you put that. When they appeal the decision, I think they have to appeal it to an appeals court in the same jurisdiction 
which is, I think, unfortunate. I, I would like to like to see a change of venue and get it out of New York. Even President Trump has this to say. What else can you expect from a Trump-hating, Clinton-appointed judge who went out of his way to make sure that the result of this trial was as negative as it could possibly be, speaking to and in control of a jury from an anti-Trump area, which is probably the worst place in the United States for me to get a fair trial. We'll be appealing this decision. It's a disgrace. I don't even know who this woman is. I have no idea who she is, where she came from. This is another scam. It's a political witch hunt. And somehow we're going to have to fight this up. We cannot let our country go into this abyss. This is disgraceful. You have somebody running for office. You have a woman that's financed and lied about it. She totally lied about it by Democrat operatives, like just about the biggest one there is. And she said that wasn't true. They found that she lied about it. And the judge wasn't even, I guess, letting it be put in as evidence. The whole thing is a scam. And it's a shame. And it's a disgrace to our country. Mark my words that if he appeals it and wins, the media will be silent. I mean, they will avoid, they'll just move on quickly to something else. Or they'll find a way to uh, do a total dichotomy of it and and take it apart in in their minds. Yeah, but I think they will just do what they always do and ignore the truth. Uh, And by the way, I think that if if he gets it reversed, I think there should be penalties. People shouldn't be able to file these false charges and then be rewarded, period. It shouldn't happen. Um, think of what this does to other people. That This is the former 45th president of the United States who just got this handed down by a, a, a nut job. She can't even tell you what year it happened. I, and I'm well, not making that up, by the way. She no, can't. but I'm just saying all this proves to me is that this was all an orchestrated event as ever all these all these attacks have the same thing and all these women that supposedly came forth 20 30 40 years later uh, they come forward now one thing about a story when it comes when it comes forward is it'll have you know it'll have similarities but it's not the exact same script because when it's the exact same script it's rehearsed there is somebody a mastermind behind this that does not want Trump back in. Yeah. And, you know, it's the deep state. And I, you know, I told you off, Mike, you know, that, you know, I I think, you know, there's a finger being pointed at one particular person. We can talk about that later. But Well, not only that, but I I, I was just speaking of deep state, you know. I I was just reading an article a little while ago about uh, Soros-backed PAC, Political Action Committee, Mm-hmm. spends big to install liberal criminal Pittsburgh district attorney. They they are uh, trying to get rid of... Now, mind you, the DA in Pittsburgh right now is a Democrat, but he's mainstream, and he's been very effective. His name is uh, Stephen Zappala, and uh, that's not good enough for George Soros. So his PAC has put, I think the figure is... 
700000 It's like three-quarters of a million dollars into this DA's race. And uh, Soros has no connection to Pittsburgh. And this PAC has no connection to Pittsburgh. But they want this guy in the DA's office so they can maneuver him and they can, they can get uh, him to do their work, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, you know, Pittsburgh is a politically important city. So that is the, you know, that that's the reason for it is that there are politicians, Democrat and Republican, that they probably would love to take down. And with the help of Soros, they're going to. This guy is a true Nazi, you know, when people throw it around. And he's a, he's a leftover from World War II. And he's trying to get his revenge. And unfortunately, he's got a kid that's even worse than him that he's groomed that's up and coming, that's going to have the same money and even worse thoughts. This um, He had a DA, I believe, in St. Louis and a DA that he put in place in Chicago. Both of them, I think, recently have just uh, resigned. Uh, they, they've not, they, I think they removed themselves. I don't think they were forcibly removed, but I think the pressure was on. But this guy, this doesn't stop Soros. He just keeps putting big bucks behind uh, different people, different incredibly leftist people, uh, not just liberal, mind you, because they've already got a, uh, essentially a Democratic uh, DA in Pittsburgh. They're, that's not good enough for Soros. They want a socialist DA in Pittsburgh. So... Uh, he's putting three quarters of a million dollars. That should be illegal. Well, it should be. Now, what happens if our country flips? And, you know, usually now when you say flips, well, you're either conservative or you're, you're, you're liberal. Mm -hmm. But what happens if it flips to socialist and we become a socialist, socialist nation? Well, this is what, this is what Trump is uh, trying to stop. I think I think yeah. Trump Trump is and this is why the left the deep state uh is so busy trying to get Trump removed. If you don't like Trump, you that's fine. That's you can like him, you not like him, but you got to respect his courage. You have to respect the man's courage because he's still out there in the line of fire, literally and figuratively. And I mean literally. I think that, and I, I mentioned this to you before we started the show, I don't know how he does this because I think that the left, if they can't stop him with all of these legal maneuvers, and I think there'll be more charges put against him, they're going to try to stack them up. They're going to try to bury him in these false victories. And I think then uh, if he continues to, to, take bat, him out. to battle on, they're going to physically – physically try to take him out and I, because well, I, I don't think they I don't think they can put him in they can't allow him to be president again no and I think Trump knows this I I don't know that he realized it when he first ran how deep the swamp was how bad it was and that he was going to put himself I mean he, he might have had an inkling well I could be in harm's way but I'm smart enough guy I can you know protect myself, shelter myself. Right. But I think once he got into it, he realized, holy hell, I am in the murkiest of murky waters mm. out here. And there's, you know, the, the boat has got holes in it because these things in water, 
these creatures eat through the hull of the boat. So he's, he's, uh, I think he realizes, you know, what he stepped into, but at some point in time, there's a point of no return. They're either going to get you or they don't. And now he's got to make sure that they don't. And we're sitting here watching this dance and there's not a lot that we can do except for us. We talk about it because we have to, we have to, uh, socialism and what's going on in the deep state is like a cancer. Cancer cells will merge with one another. Lefties, they won't merge with righties. And, you know, there's, you were, you were one way or the other, but we have, we can sit down at a table and at least come to a compromise. With this, it's a cancer. Yes. You, socialism doesn't, there's no compromise. You're no either, compromise. You're a socialist or you're, or you're not. Or, or the cancer eats you up. Yeah. Exactly. No matter who you are. And that means President Trump, too. So you have to pray for the guy. Uh, but I want to tell you, this is not something new. I, I, I'm going to read you something, Bill. This is uh, from a new book that's being published soon. Uh, it's, it was written by a Dr. David Mantic. He's a medical doctor and he's a PhD. He's an MD and a PhD. Very smart guy. I believe he's a radiologist from California, an expert in radiology in California, and co-written by Dr. Jerome Corsi, who the left loves to label a conspiracy theorist. For a while, he contributed to InfoWars, which is uh, the network. Alex that, Jones. Yes. And, and because he did that, they have, they have labeled him a nut job. I mean, I mean, the right has. They tried to minimize him. If you looked at Jerome Corsi's resume, you'd be amazed. I mean, he's got all these uh, great credentials. He went to Harvard, I think, and got his one of his doctorates at Harvard. Uh, he's a smart guy. He's written bestsellers. Um, but this book took 30 years to complete. This book, it's called uh, The Assassination of President John F. Kennedy, The Final Word. The subtitle will be Forensic Analysis of the Autopsy X-Rays Prove Shots from the Front and Back Hit JFK's Head. And here's what it says. Uh, what he did is, he, I guess he went and got all the X-Rays with the approval of the Kennedy family. He got all the X-Rays and a lot, a lot of documentation that's been hidden away from the public. And he was able to examine it and do some forensic analysis and use some equipment that we have today that we didn't have 30 years ago on the x-rays to actually figure out where the, uh, the bullets were fired from. From the optical density readings, I can prove scientifically, this is uh, Dr. Mantic, I can prove scientifically with a certainty beyond doubt that the three JFK autopsy x-rays in the National Archives today are forgeries. This is Dr. Mantic uh, telling us. Uh, I can also prove scientifically with a certainty beyond doubt that JFK received three head wounds, two shots from the front, and one shot from the rear. Two shots from the front, one shot from the rear. Now, if you looked at the Zapruder film and you paid yeah, attention... You saw the head do the... You, you saw him bounce forward. Yeah. You saw him bounce backwards when he got the shot from the side, from the grassy yeah. knoll. But they tried to disprove it. I can remember seeing a documentary that was on CBS, and it was narrated by, I believe, Dan Rather. And they would 
They were so trying to make it sound like, well, yeah, he got hit by behind, but the head can actually bounce to the side when hit from behind. And I kept thinking to myself, wait a second. I saw the video of the assassination, and when he gets the second shot, not the shot through the neck, not the shot that hits him first from behind through the neck, but when he gets the second shot, President Kennedy, uh, which hits him in the front temporal lobe, front right side, and takes off part of his skull, you know that's coming from the front side. You, you, you see it happen. And um, they, they tried to explain it away on television like 25 years ago, 20 years ago. Well, this book says nonsense. He got hit two in the front, one from the rear. That means there were two, at least two shooters. And uh, this report comes out, what, a week after RFK Jr. says that the CIA was involved with the assassinations of his uncle and his father? Well, I'm sure he's aware of this this book. You know, the family is going to keep up on anything in their family, mm-hmm. especially if I were a Kennedy and, you know, uh, it was about, you know, a relative of mine that was murdered. I would keep up on everything because, especially in the light of things, you could be, you know, number three. Yeah. And I guess uh, what this says to me is the CIA and our government has been messing around with our politics and our government for at least 60 years? At least 60 years? Well, I'm sure it's a trade or a trait that we learn from our parent company, the UK, mm-hmm. because they, you know, they have been up to dirty tricks for a long time. Oh, they, yeah. You know, Lopping off heads since, uh, since yeah, the dark so, ages. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's nothing to them, and you know what? So we learned from the best. You know, uh, you know the apple doesn't fall too far from the tree. They say. But you know, we were told. Hey, listen, there's a lot of people will tell you, John Wilkes Booth didn't die in the barn. John Wilkes Booth Booth actually got away, and the guy who was who was shot in the barn that they said was John Wilkes Booth was actually somebody else because he had red hair and John Wilkes Booth had black hair. Right. And they also, by the way, took one, one autopsy picture and lost it. So we don't have an autopsy picture of John Wilkes Booth. They took one. And by the way, the autopsy was held on an ironclad in the Potomac River. What's that all about? Why didn't they have it done in a... In a laboratory in Washington, they had them back then, but they well, they everything about that was shady too. So maybe we've been living in a country with a a, a lot of untruths thrown at us uh, for quite some time. But it's about time that we straighten it out, and I think that's what Trump wants to do. Look, we were started with good intentions, but you know there were bad players, you know, from whence we came. That were there, and you know who's to say that ever since the beginning, they haven't been there trying to unravel us because they knew the potential of what we would become. We have become that, but then again, too, they've been there all along to steer us down, you know, a dark path. It's funny you should say that because it, it works right into the next clip. 
Uh-oh. It, it's a long <laughs> cut. This is a long clip, Bill. This is the one I was telling you about. This is Mark Levin, and it's about eight minutes long, eight and a half minutes long, but it's worth listening to every bit of it. This is him laying out the case against Joe Biden. Joe Biden has put us in a terrible situation. I mean, what's going to happen tomorrow? Unbelievable. I'm looking forward to hearing what Comer presents. I guess the uh, Oversight Committee is going to make a presentation today, and that presentation is going to lay out uh, the evidence that they've found, and it's going to look quite damning. At least this is what they're indicating right now. This is You'll remember that uh, you were... Well, then something big will happen today. Well, Comer said this uh, just a couple of days ago. My message to the Department of Justice is very loud and clear. Do not indict Hunter Biden before Wednesday when you have the opportunity to see the evidence that the House Oversight Committee will produce with respect to the web of LLCs, with respect to the number of adversarial countries that this family influence peddled in. So there you go. I mean, he says, wait until Wednesday. Well, okay, here's Wednesday. So it's supposed to be a big day, and I'm sure it's a day that Biden is not looking forward to. I don't think he cares. I, I think that he, in his mind believes that no matter what they throw out there, he's got the uh, the deep state on his side, and uh, they're going to be there with a plan of, uh, of misdirection. Well, uh, And who knows what it's going to be. You know, they say about overconfidence, sometimes that can come back to bite you in the butt. I mean, I'm not sure I, if that's the exact quote. I'd love but, to see him get bit in the butt. But yeah. anyway. <laughs> Here's Mark Levin, and uh, he lays out the case here. you got to listen to this, folks. It's, it's worth listening to every word. We, the American people, have a right to demand of him, the First Lady, the media, and the Democrat Party to know before there's a single vote cast in the Democrat primaries, certainly in the general election, what the mental health is of Joe Biden. It's not a joke. It's not a cliche. It's a reality. We have a 25th Amendment there. We shouldn't have to wait to figure out how to trigger the 25th Amendment to figure out if Joe Biden's capable of being president of the United States. That man has his finger right next to the nuclear button. We have a right to know as the American people. I thought he believed in freedom. Now let's look at his freedom agenda and policies. Disinformation board, Twitter, FBI, DHS censorship, replacing equality with equity. Very Marxist of him. Serial non-compliance with the Constitution. He rules by executive orders. We're on energy independence. It doesn't sound very free to me. Banning air conditioning units, gas stoves, combustion engines, fossil fuels. Destroying women's sports so far. Does that sound very free to you? Turning our borders over to mass murdering drug cartels. Overseeing the sex trade enslavement of children and crimes on our borders. Millions of illegal aliens flooding our towns and cities, our schools and our hospitals. Tons of fentanyl, other drugs, illegal weapons. So much for gun control coming across our border. Proposing to steal people's wealth, a wealth tax? Really? Venezuela must be very proud. We're on the independence of the Supreme Court and individual justices like we've never seen before. We're on the pro-life community. We're on parents. Promotion of partial birth abortion right before birth, Joe Biden believes, 
It's not a baby, it's a choice. Investigations of political opponents like former President Trump, who also happens to be the leading Republican candidate to run against him. That's right, sexualizing children, condoning sex changes without parental consent. You know what that sounds like to me? Sick, perversion. Talks about book bannings by DeSantis and other in our schools. Uh, Joe, they're talking about taking pornography out of our schools. You support that? Apparently he doesn't. Teaching CRT, that is racism to our children. That doesn't sound very free to me. Creating mountains of debt with massive borrowing and spending imposed on us, the next generation, future generations yet born. They won't be free. Pushing our nation into a debt crisis because he refuses to even negotiate with his ridiculous $7 trillion budget. He's created massive inflation on food, gas, everything. He believes in eliminating the single family homes in the suburbs through HUD, HUD. He's expanded the IRS by 87,000 agents. That's to go after you. He opposes school choice at the behest of the thuggish teachers unions. That's what Joe Biden believes freedom is. What else? Cato and the Fraser Institute look at human freedom index in 2022. They look at the rule of law. They look at religion. They look at relationships, size of government and so forth. And you know what they found? The United States has dropped seven, seven nations. We're 23rd among nations now. 23rd among nations. Who's number one? Well, they say Switzerland, then New Zealand, Estonia, Denmark, Ireland, Sweden, Iceland, Finland, Netherlands, tiny, tiny little countries. We used to be number one. Joe Biden's killing us. Heritage Foundation, economic freedom, we've dropped there too. Rank in the world, 25th. United States economic freedom score is 70.6. It scores 1.5 points lower than last year. Wow. Joe really believes in freedom, doesn't he? But there's even more. We call this the Constitution of the United States. Joe put his left hand on his Bible, his right hand in the air, and he swore to uphold it and to enforce our laws. Doing a very, very bad job, Joe. Let's take a look. Article 1, Section 1, right there, the first sentence. All legislative powers herein granted shall be vested in a Congress of the United States, which shall consist of a Senate and House of Representatives. Plain English, even Joe should be able to comprehend that. So he comes in office. The first couple of days in office, he signs as many executive orders as Franklin Roosevelt, and since then, probably more. What else? Well, look at this. We have Article 1, Section 8. To borrow money on the credit of the United States, that's Congress, not the executive, to establish a uniform rule of naturalization. To borrow money on the credit of the United States. So when Joe Biden issues an executive order that's a trillion dollars in your money to redistribute to wealthier Americans to pay off their student loans, that violates the Constitution. Every executive order that he has signed that has a huge effect on the economic situation in this country is supposed to go through Congress, particularly if it involves money. Joe has ignored it left and right. To establish a uniform rule of naturalization, that's immigration. What has he done on immigration? Well, he's ignored every single law on the books, every single one. Article two, section three, this involves the president himself. He shall take care that the laws be faithfully executed. 
They even say that when he's sworn in. I shall take care that the laws of the United States are faithfully executed, whether he likes them or not. Has he done that? I just said he hasn't. So that's four provisions of the United States Constitution that Joe Biden has violated. What else? He doesn't like the Bill of Rights. No, this former racist segregationist, plagiarist, he does not like the Bill of Rights. Here's the First Amendment. Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof. Joe Biden, with his Democrats in Congress, have done everything they can to kneecap religious organizations and faiths with their secularist left-wing agenda. Abridging the freedom of speech. Oh, we know that he hates free speech. His FBI and DHS have worked with Twitter and the other internet organizations. And of course, he set up that board. Disinformation. In other words, if you disagree with the government. Of course, the Second Amendment, the part of the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be abridged. Joe has signed executive orders to try and abridge it. He goes on and on about attacking your right to bear arms. No other country in the world has exactly and no other country in the world has a Bill of Rights or a First Amendment either. What about the Fourth Amendment? The right of the people to be secure in their persons, houses, papers, and effects against unreasonable searches and seizures. Did not the Inspector General of the Department of Justice testify a few days back that there were one million cases of the FBI doing unreasonable searches? You know, one million, we're rounding down. What about the Fifth Amendment, the part that says you're not to be deprived of the life, liberty, or property without due process of law? What's this wealth tax and these other things? They come up with all these regulations to steal your property, and I've only just begun. The Constitution of the United States is what protects us from government. It's what keeps government in its proper limited lane. And Joe Biden and the Democrats are endlessly attacking the framers, attacking our foundational principles. They seek to destroy the Constitution. Anything that's in the way, they want to destroy, burn down, whether it's the Supreme Court, whether it's the filibuster rule, whether it's our voting system, whether it's the borders and so forth and so on. So Joe Biden's going to run as the freedom president? No, 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 no. He should run as the is the oldest living former racist segregationist from the 1970s who opposed integration then and opposes it today. That's right. He embraces critical race theory, which wants to resegregate America, black and white. If he was really following the law, if Biden really, you know, when he raised his right hand, when he was sworn in, uh, and if he was really being the president that he says he is, the border wouldn't be in the shape that it's mm-hmm. in right now. We wouldn't be getting ready for this invasion on our southern border tomorrow. You know, if you believed in the Bible and you put your hand on it, then that means that you pro- and you swore to uphold the law. That means that you meant it. But if you don't believe in the Bible, you know, that little symbolism means nothing. That's it. That's exactly right. This is a guy, by the way, who walks around constantly saying, you know, I'm Catholic. Uh, I was brought up Catholic. But yet he follows none of the Catholic tenets, really. I mean, he, if he were a true Catholic, part of the Catholic faith is the belief in life. The Mm -hmm. belief in life is 
is very critical. They haven't wavered from that. Uh, and believe me, there's been a lot of pressure been put on the Catholic Church to waver from that, but they believe that, that life is sacred. And Biden, on the, on the other hand, believes that you can terminate a baby up until the moment it's born. Yeah. It's terrible what, uh, what they're doing with everything, but you know what? We're a country that used to live by the law of the land. Now we live by, I don't know, the law of the jungle or something like that. We do not, you know, stand up uh, to our own accountability of what we are, our own standards. We've thrown them out the window. Uh, we use the Constitution as a roll of toilet paper in D.C. now. Yeah, that's true. Probably out of toilet paper there now because they've pretty well used it all. You know, what struck me was he said he's signed in his first days in the presidency uh, mm-hmm. more executive orders than FDR did in his entire presidency. He was in term for four terms. You know yeah. that, from 1933 yeah. until 1945. Uh, that was when you could have more than two terms, and he did. And uh, But Biden just was signing those executive orders like it was autographs. And you don't know. Well, you, you I wouldn't know want he, that autograph. You know he didn't know what he was signing. This guy is, is uh, he's got mental issues. This doesn't mean he's not an evil guy because he wasn't an honest and, and straightforward guy when he was, when he was clear thinking, you know, 20, 25 years ago. People forget yeah. this. When, when Mark says that uh, he was uh, a racist, man, this guy was a racist. He tries to pretend that he was on the bandwagon of civil rights back in the uh, 70s and 80s, but he wasn't. Well, he was on the wrong side of that wagon. Actually, he was underneath the wagon as it ran over him. But Yeah, that's true. But he was a, a good friend with, uh, was it uh, Senator Byrd from West Virginia, yeah. who was once a member of the Ku Klux Klan? <laughs> he yeah. and Hillary were at the, at the funeral of uh, Senator Byrd, and they were talking about what great friends they were and how much they learned from the guy. Yeah, they learned how to be racist without uh, and point the finger at somebody else. Yeah. Because that's, that's what they do. They're, they're racist. Both of them are. Yeah. But they tend to point that finger of racism towards other people like you and me. You know, if you, if you have to understand that the Democratic Party was the party of slavery up until the Civil War. They were the, the party that wanted to keep slavery in mm-hmm. place. They fought the Civil War to keep slavery alive in this country. I'm talking about the South. I'm talking about the Confederacy. They were Democrats. They weren't Republicans. As a matter of fact, Abraham Lincoln was a Republican, the guy who gave us emancipation, the Emancipation Proclamation. Uh, So they've flipped it around. They try to make it sound like the Democratic Party has been the party of the minority in this country, and it hasn't been. And I would contend that it isn't now because it's kept many people who, who should have gotten out of the, uh, the tough areas and cities and place. They've kept them there with policies. You know, uh, they made it, if I remember the story correctly, for the longest time, one of the great prides in our country was minority families. They may have been broke. They may have had nothing, but they had each other, and they were 
a cohesive uh, family, husband, wife, and kids. And then during the 60s, they made it uh, financially rewarding to these families to break up, to get the father figure out of the house. They would give more money to the broken families. So what happened is a lot of these families, initially they broke up because it was to their benefit financially to break Mm -hmm. up. And so it can be said that the Democratic Party was responsible for the destruction of the cohesive minority family, you know? And and that's, that's where we're at right now, you know? So uh, when I hear people saying, oh, the Democrats are on our side, I wouldn't go with the Republican. You're not paying attention. You're no, not you're paying not. attention. Not at all. Anyway, speaking of paying attention, you know who's coming back? Tucker. I'm giving you a look here. Tucker, Tucker. yeah, he's going to be on Twitter. Yeah, Tucker is coming back. Listen, here's what he said. Hey, it's Tucker Carlson. You often hear people say the news is full of lies, but most of the time that's not exactly right. Much of what you see on television or read the New York Times is in fact true in the literal sense. It could pass one of the media's own fact checks. Lawyers would be willing to sign off on it. In fact, they may have, but that doesn't make it true. It's not true. At the most basic level, the news you consume is a lie, a lie of the stealthiest and most insidious kind. Facts have been withheld on purpose, along with proportion and perspective. You are being manipulated. How does that work? Let's see. If I tell you that a man has been unjustly arrested for armed robbery, that is not, strictly speaking, a lie. He may have been framed. At this point, there's been no trial, so no one can really say. But if I don't mention the fact that the same man has been arrested for the same crime six times before, am I really informing you? No, I'm not. I'm misleading you. And that's what the news media are doing in every story that matters every day of the week, every week of the year. What's it like to work in a system like that? After more than 30 years in the middle of it, we could tell you stories. The best you can hope for in the news business at this point is the freedom to tell the fullest truth that you can. But there are always limits. And you know that if you bump up against those limits often enough, you will be fired for it. That's not a guess. It's guaranteed. Every person who works in English language media understands that. The rule of what you can't say defines everything. It's filthy, really, and it's utterly corrupting. You can't have a free society if people aren't allowed to say what they think is true. Speech is the fundamental prerequisite for democracy. That's why it's enshrined in the first of our constitutional amendments. Amazingly, as of tonight, there aren't many platforms left that allow free speech. The last big one remaining in the world, the only one, is Twitter, where we are now. Twitter has long served as the place where our national conversation incubates and develops. Twitter is not a partisan site. Everybody's allowed here, and we think that's a good thing. And yet, for the most part, the news that you see analyzed on Twitter comes from media organizations that are themselves thinly disguised propaganda outlets. You see it on cable news. You talk about it on Twitter. The result may feel like a debate, but actually the gatekeepers are still in charge. We think that's a bad system. We know exactly how it works, and we're sick of it. Starting soon, we'll be bringing a new version of the show we've been doing for the last six and a half years to Twitter. We bring some other things, too, which we'll tell you about. But for now, we're just grateful to be here. 
Free speech is the main right that you have. Without it, you have no others. See you soon. Speaking of Twitter, excuse me, speaking of Twitter, I believe we're going to be going uh, to Twitter with uh, a bigger presence. Yeah, we'll put our stuff up on Twitter. We'll probably do it pretty quick. Uh, Might do it this weekend, get it all there, get the streams up and whatnot where you can pick up everything and you'll see all the daily posting and you'll also see a, a radio stream there where it's continuous so which we'll have to repost all the time but it will be there for you wonderful you know? wonderful you know whoever would have thought that would be talking about twitter being this the site for uh, oh, a year free, ago was free speech yeah, a year ago but you know the funny thing about this is elon musk you know he was you know he, he was pretty much reveled by the left you know, for a long time. And all right. of a sudden, you know, now he's a conspiracy theorist. He's this, he's that. He's a wacko. He's a right-wing nut. He's none of those. Well, it's, it's what they did with Trump. When Trump wasn't running for anything, they loved him. Well, Trump at one time, you know, he was a Democrat, and he was going to run. The Democrats wanted him to run. Yeah. Imagine if he would have done that. What a great hero he would have been to them. Yeah, right. You know, it was interesting uh, when he talked about truth in that in that little segment just now. He said, you know, if the media didn't tell you that the person had been charged with the same thing six other times, uh, they would be concealing the truth. And I was right. th- I was thinking, you know, they didn't tell us, they didn't bring to light the fact that this Eugene Carroll had uh, charged twelve other people with the same charges, uh, including Les Moonves of CBS. Do you remember that guy? At one point, he was charged. I forgot who the the person who was doing the charging was, but apparently, it was this lady, Eugene Carroll. And so, really? uh, yeah, we have. We have a situation where this judge, this activist Clinton-appointed judge, suppressed all of this stuff to keep it out of the courtroom so that a certain type of verdict could be found. And it was yesterday. So hmm. um, anyway, it should be interesting to see Tucker coming back. I think, I think this move won't be permanent. I could be wrong. I could be wrong because Twitter may morph into something far more... Uh, important than it is right now, and it's important right now. But uh, I, I, I can see it being an interim step between Fox and the next move, which might be uh, Tucker building his own, his own channel, his own network. You know, well, that may that. be, but I, th- I think that he and uh, that he and Musk are buddies now, and uh, depending which way Musk wants to go, you know, Musk could be a part of that. Uh, you know. Trump back on uh, on Twitter, too. You know, Trump is probably going to tr- try to take advantage of that voice, too. You know, uh, Musk came out with a, a Twitter comment uh, last night and said, you know, I'm, we're glad that Tucker's coming back, but I have no signed agreement with Tucker. We've come to nothing, you know, legal, uh, nothing's in writing between Tucker and myself. He's just doing this on, on our platform, and we welcome him, which I thought was interesting. Yeah, now, but it, uh, Musk also said that in 90 days, Twitter could be the biggest platform for podcast and talk media in 90 days. I believe so, that. Huh? Yeah, I and that. I think yeah. that, you know, Musk does a lot of things with 
out contracts. He doesn't own a home. He stays at friends' homes. He's on the move all the time. Hey, I'm going to be in town. Can I stay at your place? Yeah, sure. I'm sure he gives some money for that. But the point is, you know, he's a man of let's shake hands and just do this thing. I don't need a contract. You trust me. I trust you. You know, the media has said that Musk inherited everything. And Musk came out and said, that's absolutely positively a lie. I came from a low to middle class family. Uh, It was not a great childhood. Uh, he said he thanks his father for teaching him about physics and things like that. I guess he and his mother moved to Canada for his mm-hmm. education. Uh, and everything that he's done financially is because of his own personal efforts. And as yeah. a matter of fact, he even has to help out his dad now financially because his well, dad isn't, you know, isn't, uh, I guess, in the greatest financial straits. I believe, if I read it correctly, he's had his peaks and valleys in his career financially, and I guess he's had some valleys recently. That's what happens when you get older, you know. Well, look, people go, oh, the guy's a physicist. You know, he's got to be worth a lot of money. You know, I've had some friends that have had some pretty cool jobs, you know, and I'm sitting there going, damn, you must be making the dough. Well, I am right now, but I didn't a year ago. But this contract ends in two years, and I don't know what I'm going to do. I've known a lot of people in my life that have very specific, finite fields of expertise, Mm -hmm. which also means that field is very specific and finite. If if, if, If you don't get that job, somebody else does, and there's more people to fill that job than there are jobs to accommodate all the people that have that knowledge, believe it or not. What's That's interesting true. is Tucker will probably have far more people worldwide uh, watching his program on Twitter than he ever had on uh, on Fox News. I mean, he will have in the millions, and I, I mean the tens of millions. I think he had at one point for a Twitter uh, post that he had a couple of weeks ago uh, like 47 million views. And that was more than Fox had for the whole network in the evenings. I mean, it, it was an amazing figure. And I guess uh, the power of Twitter shouldn't be uh, minimized, you know? Well, you know what? Maybe this is the uh, dawning of the Internet because it's been out for a while, but it really hasn't grown to its potential. And perhaps this is the time because, you know, the land-based media – that we that we've come to grow up with and know and it's taken advantage of everybody and now people are looking and uh, you're seeing numbers all of a sudden pop on the internet the internet has been the baby for such a long time and mismanaged and mishandled all you need is a, a few um, you know a few people in there that uh, you know can sit there and act as a magnet hey another thing before in. we forget uh, the Budweiser figures for the month of April came out and they're in the toilet. That being said, the figures for a beer called Yingling, Yingling beer, one of the oldest beers in the country, uh, made in Pennsylvania. Yes, I was just going to say through the roof, through the because they're kind of a normal American beer that doesn't get terribly political. You know, it's everybody's beer, kind of the Although, every man's you know, beer. No, maybe I shouldn't say this, but they do have a name that would kind of. You know, go well with a, a 
Uh, I'll left culture lean, but uh, <laughs> you know it's a family. Would name, you like Bill. some Yingling? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Is, I this have is some right here. This in my is pocket. the disc jockey coming out of my partner <laughs> here. Um, also, uh, you know, we talk about we talk about the left not wanting Trump in office, and I came across this from last week. You know, Trump was in Europe last week visiting some of his properties, and he did an interview with Nigel Farage, and uh, he said this. Listen. Yeah. Why does nobody talk about peace and peace negotiations? So if I were president and I say this, I will end that war in one day. It'll take 24 hours. I know Zelensky well. I know Putin well. I would get that ended in a period you can, of You can break that deal. A hundred percent. It would be easy. That deal would be easy. A lot of it has to do with the money. A lot of it has to do with the military, you know, that yeah. we're giving. But I would get that deal done within 24 hours. That war has to be stopped. That war is a disaster. Yeah. And I'm, I'm talking more than money. I'm talking about the human life. It's far greater than anyone thinks. There's a lot of people being okay. killed. You don't knock down a whole city and say two people got hurt. Right. Okay? Thousands of people are being killed in these cities that are being knocked down. Yeah. They're in those big apartment houses, and they are big buildings. I'm a very good real estate guy. I know what it be. These are massive buildings. I'm actually surprised to see. And when you see those buildings just collapsing, thousands of people are being killed that yeah. nobody's talking about. Uh, that war has to stop. Well, I, I, not the greatest audio, but you got the point that President Trump says in 24 hours, that war in the Ukraine will be over. Will be over. If you were president, yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, I was sitting there listening to that clip, and I started thinking, you know, with everything going against Trump, Trump actually has an ace card that he could play that would uh, take the deep state and the left by surprise. Mm -hmm. You know, because what the left has is Soros in their pocket. Right. Now, Soros, Soros has a lot of wealth. He's spent a lot of it to promote his political beliefs and ideology and where he wants things to go globally. Mm -hmm. Could not Trump do the same thing? Yeah, he could. Yeah, yeah, he could. Well, I'm just, I'm asking. Yeah, you know, if 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 everything was stacked against him, right, he could sit there and say, you know what, I'm going to sit back in my Oval Office at home, and I'm going to form some political packs. I'm going to. But fund I don't some believe things. But I don't believe that Trump. Trump is a man, literally, of action. And oh yeah, he, he's a hands-on guy. I'm yeah. just saying. He's. He, this reminds me when he was building buildings in New York, skyscrapers. The employees in these buildings, they would. It wasn't unusual for Trump to take the elevator, the construction elevator, to the top of a of a skyscraper, and out would walk Trump with his hard hat on, and he would not just talk to the guys, but on occasion he'd actually put a little. Uh, work into it, you know, lift a few mm -hmm. things, help him with some, some boards or whatever. He was, uh, like you say, a hands-on guy. He, for him to sit back and just throw his money around like Soros is doing, nah, that wouldn't... Well, I would... don't think he would just throw his money around because Trump, like I said, is a hands-on guy. Let's say that he gets back in and he, and he serves four years. It's only four years. And he's still got more life and more to say and more to influence. And that would be the time to invest, get his kids out there if he wants to do that uh, going, and still do his rallies as, you know, their, their, their promotional rallies. See, this is where DeSantis, other... in my opinion, has made a huge mistake. I mean, th this is just me. 
I, oh yeah, I, he I, could he could cut in with him and yeah, he could have stood side by side with Trump yeah. and been a shoe in. Now that being said, don't be surprised if he picks Carrie Lake as his vice president, and I think she could end up being the first female president of the United States. And I mean, I think she knows she, that chosen by the people, not the one. I mean, Biden may be out and Carmela may slip in. But she won't be chosen by the people. She'll be moved into position because of uh, his problems mentally. You know. Well, they're trying to groom her right now to get her presentable. And the media is doing everything they can to turn everything around now in the past two weeks. I'm going, how did she go from, you know, bottom, you know, she, she's an idiot to, well, you know, she's starting to grow into her yeah, uh, right. socks. I'm right. Sure she is. Uh, Kevin McCarthy spoke yesterday. You know, he met with uh, with Biden in a meeting at the White House. He and a few other people, uh, Chuck Chuckle Schumer and Mitch uh, the Squish McDonald, uh, McConnell. And, uh, but uh, Biden sat there, and they were supposed to be talking about ways of uh, fixing the budget and getting things worked out. Here's what Kevin McCarthy uh, had to say about the meeting. Well, I asked him numerous times, are there some places we could find savings? Um, he wouldn't give me any, so I'm hopeful that we'll be able to find them. Uh, you can't spend more money, which his budget does, than the pandemic. They added $6 trillion when they in the majority, and what happened? We got inflation. We hurt every family in America. I think the best thing we could do is find places that we can eliminate waste, find places that we can grow this economy, and that's exactly what the House bill does. Look, I would have loved to have spent from February 1st on working together and negotiating something. Unfortunately, he would never meet with us. So I had to look for things that Democrats had agreed to before. Like, Senator Manchin believes that we should cap the growth going forward. So we would take the next 10 years and we would spend more each year, but only 1%. That would save us a lot of money. We'd find savings like COVID money bringing it back. We'd find ways to grow the economy by making us energy independent, lowering the cost of energy, but at the same time changing the red tape on the permitting reform so we could build things again. I thought that was a common ground idea that we can all get together on. So we had made sure that we wouldn't go into default, so the House raised the debt limit and also had growth for the rest. Yes. But Biden would have none of it. He sat there, and this leads to what you are saying a little while ago about he just doesn't care. He thinks he's indestructible. No. He's doing everything he wants to do, and he's already said, he said before they ever had a deal, he goes, it's dead on arrival at my desk. Yeah. That means I don't give a damn what you say or do. I, even if it was the perfect answer, uh, just to just to sit there and have it his way, yep. you know, he's going to sit there and uh, do his own executive order and say to hell with you. Hey, if you want to reach us, our phone number is uh, 833-538-7868, 833-538-7868. There's also <laughs> mail at itsanotherday.com. I surprised you with that pause. No, I'm looking at Robert De Niro. Oh, I know. Yeah, he's a dad. I know. Again, he's 79 years old. Is it my seventh like that? child? Yeah. God bless him. You know. Uh, well, I don't know. I don't, <laughs> can he afford the child because his uh, estranged ex is uh, got a very lavish lifestyle and he can't even pay his taxes. Well, hey, listen. You know, uh, 
if if you do the deed, you have to be able to pay the piper. Well, yeah, because, well, never mind. I had a pipe joke, but I'm going to leave it alone. Leave it alone. Hey, listen, if you uh, would do us a favor, send us an email and let us know where you are, okay? Yeah. If you would just take a moment, it'll only take a second, uh, to the email address that Bill just mentioned, mail at itsanotherday.com, and, and just put down... You know, uh, I'm Cleveland or uh, Los Angeles or Seattle, wherever you are. If you just take a moment, please, that would help us out big time. You know, you can also call on 833-538-7868 and leave a message. Bob listening in uh, Boise or, you know, we're here in Boise. This is Bob. You know, the only reason I say that, it's not really even so much to see who's where and when, but it's uh, so we can take the audio and use it down the road and it's been my experience not only in this but even at successful radio stations unless we're giving away a prize that phone don't oh you worked at successful radio stations Uh, yeah we all yeah oh yeah (laughs) i mean i mean i was able to uh well what was that car it was a fancy car back in the a yugo yeah i could buy a yugo Sure. I drove a Canardly. Yeah. Canardly roll, yeah. Canardly roll. Oh. Canardly get up the hill, actually. <laughs> yeah, but I'll tell you what, that bad boy can go downhill really fast. <laughs> Just can't stop it at the bottom. <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> hey, folks, have a great day. Uh, and this should be an interesting one. Pay attention. Look for the uh, Oversight Committee coming out with their press conference about uh, the charges they're going to be bringing up against Hunter and Joe. It should be interesting. Uh, I can't wait for that. I'm wondering what they're going to do before it happens, though. Are they going to do something before it happens? Today could be a very busy day. No, they could have a dog and pony show. Who knows, you know? You, you never know. Ever see a dog and pony show, by the way? I'm just curious. No, but, uh, you know, I was uh, down in Mexico one time, but that was a whole different show. <laughs> Goodbye, Bill. See ya. The Voice of Freedom. CRN America. These days, when you want an answer about just about anything, you ask Alexa. You ask her about the weather. You ask her who won your favorite sporting event. You ask her to find a fact that you can't find anywhere. Well, we did that too. We asked her how many people have downloaded itsanotherday.com. And this is what she said. From acceleration.com. It has been downloaded as much as 260,433,467 times. I know. Seems like a lot. Seems like a lot to us, too. But it's Alexa. Thanks for making us a part of your day. And tell your friends about itsanotherday.com. We could use an extra listener. I mean, what do you do when you only have 260 million?